Welcome to Explorations of the Heart and Soul, guided meditations by Australian Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Tuesday mornings with Ozen guided meditations. Thank you all for making the effort to be here to support each other's practice. Nice to see some faces also that were there on Sunday as well. So thank you for showing up again this morning. Let's just take a few moments to settle into our posture. <clears throat> Relatively still and straight, but maintaining flexibility. Very important that you can feel relaxed and comfortable. And also to tolerate a little bit of discomfort at times. You can keep your eyes shut or you can keep them slightly open or sometimes fully open if you're feeling a little bit sleepy or dozy. In Soto Zen practice, practitioners sit facing a blank wall. In Rinzai Zen, we sit facing each other. In Zoom Zen, sometimes we sit facing each other on a screen or you may prefer to sit on the uh, on your carpet, on the cushion. Either way, just whatever makes you feel more most comfortable and most connected to the Sangha. We come together to practice together to en enhance our sense of connection. So on uh, Sunday, I gave uh, an introductory talk on the Heart Sutra. And so I thought today I would uh, continue with the Heart Sutra theme for our guided meditation. For those who weren't there on Sunday, the Heart Sutra, one of the shortest sutras, is the central core sutra in Zen Buddhism. 
Sutra just means scripture or the writings of the Buddha. The Heart Sutra has its origins in China, then it went to India, translated into Sanskrit, and then back to China again, and translated back into Chinese. And eventually it made its way to Japan, and finally to us here in the West, where there are many different uh, translations. So the main theme of the guided meditation this morning will be on the key word in the Heart Sutra, which one could either could be heart or it might be boundlessness, but we're going to be both focusing on boundlessness or emptiness and heart uh, in Chinese and Japanese. The, uh, they have a word that means heart mind. Shin, whereas in English we have two separate words. Uh, whenever you're reading mind in, 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 in Chan or Zen, think heart mind. <clears throat> and also think body heart mind, really, because they're all interconnected. In this sutra, the person or the being that's doing the teaching is a celestial being named Avalokiteshvara, the goddess of compassion, the goddess of love. And she's teaching wisdom. A special kind of wisdom, a wisdom that transcends ordinary wisdom a wisdom that sees into the heart of all things, a wisdom that sees indirectly into what the sutra calls emptiness or boundlessness. The Sanskrit word sanyata originally meant sky, sky, blue sky, captures that metaphorical sense of the vastness of boundlessness. And the sutra is very famous for saying that uh, emptiness or boundlessness is exactly form. Form meaning the appearance, the appearances of all the different kinds of phenomena we encounter in the universe, in the world. Our bodies, the body of the earth, the mountains, rivers, the 10,000 things, including our mind and heart. And all phenomena are arising and disappearing in boundlessness, but boundlessness is neither arising nor disappearing.
when I read this sutra or contemplate this sutra, I find it literally enlightening, <clears throat> lightening ourselves up, feeling lighter. It's essentially teaching us that everything is just a dream, an illusion. The world that we live in, the world of conventional reality, is not fundamentally real, it's only relatively real. Being relatively real We have to tread very mindfully and very carefully within this world of conventional reality. But the structure the scaffolding of conventional reality is language. And it's language that enables us to communicate and attempt to understand each other. And we cannot talk about that which is beyond conventional reality without speaking in language. But languages, especially European languages, are very tricky. Well, all languages are very tricky. And they trick us primarily into a sense of duality, of subject and object, that there is a separate identity located somewhere in our mind or our body or our brain, which is separate from the rest of the universe. Language gives us a sense of identity and of continuity through time. The Heart Sutra teachings, the teaching that arises from Avalokiteshvara's practicing of deep prajnaparamita, practicing deep meditation or zazen. And she sees clearly that our own body, mind and heart are empty of inherent existence. In other words, she sees that there is nothing permanent and everything is interdependent, including her body, mind and heart. Hence, she embraces the whole world with her love and compassion, because she sees clearly that she's not separate from any other being. As a bodhisattva, we vow to save all beings, liberate all beings, because we see clearly that there is no one who is ever enlightened. There is no one who fundamentally exists. We all exist only conventionally. 
but as bodhisattvas, we hear the cries of the world, we hear the suffering in the world, we feel the suffering in the world. And our call is to relieve that suffering. The suffering that comes from identification with a sense of permanence, a sense of inherent existence, which language tends to condition ourselves into believing. So settle back into your body, heart and mind. As we go along, I will quote a few phrases from the Heart Sutra. But right now, in your direct experience right now, everything is flowing. Sounds coming and going like the singing bell in the morning. The sound comes from a silence or from an absence, comes into existence, lasts for a few seconds, raises in the intensity and then fades away. Just like the mantra at the end of the Heart Sutra. The Heart Sutra is one of the few Buddhist sutras which has a mantra at the end. Apparently this is a Chinese cultural tradition, not found in Indian Buddhism. Because mantras in the past and in, in the ancient times were sort of magical, magical sounds that were recited. But the teaching in this sutra is it's not so much that the, the mantra is magical, The mantra itself is a teaching. In the Sanskrit, it's gate, gate, paragate, parasamgate, bodhisvaha. It's interpreted in different ways. But I think my favorite interpretation or translation is gone, gone, gone beyond, gone altogether beyond, awakening joy. Which reminds me of the famous lines by Dogen, to study the self is to forget the self. 
we throw ourselves wholeheartedly into our zazen practice, becoming one with the sounds, one with our sensations. In that joining together of non-separation, the subject and object duality falls away. The subject-object duality is gone in an instant. As we sit together in Zazen, fully being just this moment, all together we are gone. mythologically to the other shore of Nirvana. But remember the teaching. Nirvana is samsara. We, through our practice, reveal that this moment of samsara is Nirvana. Nirvana is right here. The lotus land is right here. Seeing clearly is seeing the emptiness of all phenomena is seeing Nirvana is right here. Gone. All our clinging, all our worries, all our burdens Gone. Joy, freedom. There is no one who suffers. There is only suffering. There is no one who thinks. There is only thinking. There is no one who acts, there is only acting. There is no one who feels, there is only feeling. Arising from conditions and circumstances, going right back to the beginnings of our lives, to the culture we're born into, to the languages we speak, to the place where we live, and the time in which we live. Do not be fooled by your birth certificate. Do not be fooled by your identity card. Do not be fooled by black or white, good or bad, right or wrong, 
See clearly the boundlessness of all phenomena. Empty space. Dogen himself said, empty space is the treasury of the true Dharma eye, the wondrous heart of Nirvana. Feel that empty space right now in your body, mind, heart. empty space of the silence and the sounds. North, south, east, west, up, down, every direction, you are at the center and you're also centerless. From a boundlessness point of view, there is no center. From the perspective of identity and conventional reality, there's a center, there's a perspective. It's between these two polarities we live our life, between form and boundlessness, form and emptiness. We walk the middle way. We don't say nothing exists. We acknowledge the reality of conventional reality. We acknowledge the fact that we have birth certificates, identity, passports. We live in a certain nation state. If we didn't acknowledge that reality, we would end up in a psychiatric asylum. Yet, through our realization of emptiness, our realization of boundlessness, we see that this is just a temporary creation. Everything is temporary. This body, mind, heart is temporary. Australia as a nation state is temporary. Everything will one day no longer be here. Very soon, we will no longer be here. That is our conventional reality, our conventional identity disappears like dust, like falling leaves in autumn. All that remains is boundlessness. Boundlessness is never born and never dies, is never destroyed. Come back to the sensations. Realize your emptiness, realize your boundlessness in the sensation, moment to moment. 
feel the space within and without. Drop within and without. Just feel all as empty space. Sensations like little nebula. Little tiny stars exploding, reforming, reconfiguring, moment by moment, whether it's microscopic or macroscopic, whether we're talking about milliseconds or kalpas, thousands and thousands and millions and billions of years. It's all boundless. Relax the tight grip, let go. In the same way that sounds appear from silence and go back into silence. That silence is not separate from sounds and sounds are not separate from silence. Thoughts come from empty mind and go back into empty mind. Thoughts are empty like everything else. Just temporary passing energy blips. We hear the sound of birds, the sound of crows, the sound of magpies, the sound of doves, even the sound of motor cars passing by. They can teach us about emptiness. But like Joko says, what about the sound of a critical voice? When we hear the sound of a critical voice, whether it's the critical voice in our heads, or whether it's the critical voice coming from somewhere out there, what happens? Emptiness, formlessness, boundlessness goes out the window. Identity comes in. Right there is suffering. So how do we respond to a critical voice? How can we open our hearts and respond from boundlessness to an empty, to a critical voice? The critical voice is empty. There is no one who is being critical. There are just empty words, empty sounds. Critical voice is usually the sound of someone who is identified as separate person who is suffering.
They're not boundless and free like the sky and samadhi. They're contracted and tight and defensive and feeling attacked, so they're attacking. And so harm is enacted throughout the world when people do not see emptiness and do not see boundlessness. This sutra is not abstract. The sutra is all about love and compassion. The sutra is all about bringing down the wall. Not just another brick in the wall, but bringing down all the bricks in the wall. Total openness of heart. Total openness of boundaries. And then acting appropriately within conventional reality. Respecting the boundaries of conventional reality. but not being tricked by conventional reality. Let the breath teach you boundlessness. Feeling the breath. There is no one in control of the breath. Expanding, contracting. Has no beginning, no ending. Circular, flow. They say there are no straight lines in nature. They're all squiggles, waves. We are not separate from the sounds of the world.
vast emptiness. The Bodhidharma said, vast emptiness, nothing holy. He was meaning, don't make distinctions between something being holy and not holy. One interconnected, complete and perfect whole. Changing from moment to moment. Gate, gate, paragate, parasam gate, bodhiswaha. Gate meaning gone. Resonates in a way with the Pali teachings of Buddhism, the sense of nirvana being defined as extinguishment, but not the extinguishment of existence. Just the extinguishment of the illusion of an inherently existing self or a separate self. The duality of subject and object. When we fully chant the mantra, to fully become one with the mantra, gate, gate, paragate, parasamgate, bodhisvaha, we are gone, gone, gone beyond gone altogether beyond awakening joy. In that moment of 100% being one with this moment, all our names and separate identities are gone. And what is left? The full moon at night, behind the clouds, illuminating the clouds, illuminating in every direction, the full moon of enlightenment, the full moon of emptiness, the full moon of boundlessness. How the Moon reflects the sun, how we're all illuminated and enlightened in that boundlessness. It does not differentiate. It illuminates the whole phenomena world. this miraculous planet we be upon. To us, mere mortals, the sun and the moon appear eternal. But science teaches us that even the sun will die one day. 
and a new sun will be born, new planets will be born. But don't get carried away in dreams of the future. Always come back to this moment. This moment is the only moment we can be in. This meeting today is unique. This meeting will never be repeated. person will be tomorrow morning will be different than the person we are right now. Conditions and circumstances shifting and changing moment by moment. We're different depending on which context we're in. That's why Sangha is so important, creating a community that supports this practice, to supports awakening. That challenges conventional reality. Zazen is the complete practice. Throw yourself fully into Zazen, totally forget yourself, and your separateness is gone. Gone. Gone beyond. Gone altogether beyond. Awakening. Hallelujah. Freedom. <laughs>